catechesis was St. John Paul II. Queen of the Universe Papa Wojtyla's catechesis on Wednesday the 23rd of July 1997. Popular devotion invokes Mary as Queen. The Council, after having recalled the Assumption of the Virgin, to celestial glory in body and soul, explains that she was exalted by the Lord as Queen of the Universe, so as to be more fully conformed to her Son, Lord of Rulers and Conqueror of sin and death. Indeed, starting from the 5th century, almost in the same period as when the Council of Ephesus proclaims her Mother of God, the title of Queen begins to be attributed to Mary. The Christian people, with this further recognition of her sublime dignity, want to place her above all creatures, exalting her role and importance in the life of every single person and of the entire world. But already in a fragment of a homily attributed to Origen appears this comment on the words pronounced by Elizabeth at the visitation. It is I who should have come to you because you are blessed above all women. You, the mother of my Lord. You, my lady. In this text, the expression the mother of my Lord passes spontaneously to the appellation my lady anticipating what will later be said by St. John Damascene, who attributes to Mary the title of Sovereign. When she became the mother of the Creator, she truly became the Sovereign of all creatures. My venerable predecessor Pius XII, in the encyclical Ad Celi Reginam, to which the text of the Constitution Lumen Gentium refers, indicates as the foundation of Mary's royalty, in addition to her motherhood, her cooperation in the work of the redemption. The encyclical recalls the liturgical text, Saint Mary, Queen of Heaven and Sovereign of the World, stood in sorrow at the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. It then establishes an analogy between Mary and Christ, which helps us to understand the significance of the Virgin's royalty. Christ is King not only because He is Son of God, but also because He is Redeemer. Mary is Queen not only because she is Mother of God, but also because, associated as the new Eve with the new Adam, she cooperated in the work of the redemption of the human race. In the Gospel of Mark, we read that on the day of the Ascension, the Lord Jesus was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. In biblical language, to sit at the right hand of God means to share his sovereign power. Sitting at the right hand of the Father, he establishes his kingdom, the kingdom of God. Taken up into heaven, Mary is associated with the power of her Son and is dedicated to the extension of the kingdom, participating in the diffusion of divine grace in the world. By looking at the analogy between the Ascension of Christ and the Assumption of Mary, we can conclude that, in dependence on Christ, Mary is the Queen who possesses and exercises over the universe a sovereignty given to her by her Son Himself.
The title of queen certainly does not replace that of mother. Her royalty remains a corollary of her particular maternal mission, and simply expresses the power that has been conferred upon her, so as to carry out this mission. Citing Pius the Ninth's bull Ineffabilis Deus, the Supreme Pontiff Pius the Twelfth emphasizes this maternal dimension of the Virgin's royalty. Having a maternal affection for us, and assuming the interests of our salvation, she extends her solicitude to the whole human race. Established by the Lord as Queen of Heaven and Earth, elevated above all the choirs of angels and the whole celestial hierarchy of saints, sitting at the right hand of her only Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, she obtains with great certainty what she asks with her maternal prayers. What she seeks, she finds, and it cannot be denied her. Therefore, Christians look with trust to Mary, Queen, and this not only does not diminish, but indeed exalts their filial abandonment to her who is mother in the order of grace. Indeed, the solicitude of Mary, Queen, for mankind can be fully efficacious precisely by virtue of the glorious state consequent to the Assumption. This is highlighted well by St. Germanus of Constantinople, who thinks that this state ensures the intimate relationship of Mary with her son, and renders possible her intercession in our favour. Addressing Mary, he adds, Christ wanted to have, so to speak, the closeness of your lips and your heart. Thus he consents to all the desires you express to him when you suffer for your children. And he carries out with his divine power all that you ask of him. It can be concluded that the Assumption favours Mary's full communion not only with Christ, but with each one of us. She is beside us because her glorious state allows her to follow us on our daily earthly journey. As we read, again in St. Germanus, You dwell spiritually with us, and the greatness of your vigilance over us makes your communion of life with us stand out. Therefore, far from creating distance between us and her, Mary's glorious state brings about a continuous and caring closeness. She knows everything that happens in our existence, and she sustains us with maternal love in the trials of life. Assumed into celestial glory, Mary is totally dedicated to the work of salvation, so as to communicate to every living person the happiness that has been granted to her. She is a queen who gives all that she possesses, participating above all in the life and love of Christ.